Welcome back to The True Core with DeAndre, where it's my mission to help you find your true core. Hi, welcome back to The True Core with DeAndre. I'm DeAndre, your host and creator of The True Core with DeAndre. Today's episode is called Money. And I have a special guest. I have a dear friend, my friend Emmanuel. Hi, Emmanuel. Shalom. How are you doing, Zandre? <laughs> doing great, man. How are you? I am good. I am good, 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 good. Excellent. So this topic is about money because actually I thought about it because I had a dream and money was part of the dream, but also there's this misconception that if you're successful or have money, that all of your problems go away, including people like us with um, mental health issues. So, I want to first ask Emmanuel, what did, what did money mean to you growing up? Well, first I want to say, you know, when sometimes people say money doesn't make you happy, I always tell people that sounds like something someone poor would say. <laughs> And, you know, because it, it would be nice to have that kind of, well, I have too much money, it makes me sad kind of problem. But for the, the good majority of us, that's not really what happens. Uh, money growing up was something I, I would say wasn't something that really came up to my head at the time. I think money was something that was very elusive and you would want I, I would say it was something that you really didn't think about because you were just too poor to actually think that that would be true and money I think is something that is undefinable when you're growing up poor unless you're hitting the lotto I, I, I would say okay yeah I'll say for me, I didn't think too much about money itself, but um, when I, I hate to even say this, but <laughs> when I didn't see myself having like certain clothes, for instance, that was a thing, compared to other kids in school, I was like, oh, I want this. I want Amber Carmine Fitch or Hollister. We couldn't afford that. And, you know, me being a kid, I was like, oh, you know, why don't I have that? And I just felt... Not a shame, I just, I don't know, just, I didn't, I wanted the best, I guess. So I knew we didn't have that kind of money for that. I think money was, I think money became a big thing when income taxes came around. I think, you know, when my mom was living paycheck to paycheck, she was a single parent. Uh, we really didn't have a, a father figure growing up, so we didn't have that surplus of income. But I remember income taxes was like, we felt rich. That was the time where we went to go buy the once a year, new clothes, new shoes. We got to spend a little bit of extra. And there was like, no, well, we'll put some in a savings account. We'll put some, we'll invest in it. You know, not a lot of those things are terms that you knew about growing up. And a lot of that is because well, that's a reflection on your parents also about how they, their views on money as well, about not investing, not saving. It was, 
paycheck to paycheck and money was just something that you used to buy necessities week to week. It, it was never about well, money is used to help your family grow, your family use money for school, use money for wealth, use money for vacations. Money was just seen as something you buy necessities, period. It, it was never anything of excess or surplus. Oh, fair. That reminds me, you know, my parents, very hardworking people, and they were and still are, and that's one thing I can definitely appreciate what we had. We, you know, we had the food, we had what we needed. Very grateful for that because some kids didn't um, had enough, the basics. And, um, but speaking about trips and vacations, you know, yeah, we didn't get to go out to many places, to vacations and all, maybe just to my home state of Arkansas, but, you know, there was no Disney World. Too much of Six Flags, and you know that's that was okay. I made my own free time, fun, whatever, whatever I could do at home to get myself busy and having a good time. So, yeah, I, I, I was gonna say, you know, about what did we use money for in a, in a way of trying to build ourselves or further ourselves out, out of just being at home and paying bills. I remember. Going to San Antonio was considered a big thing. I think I remember going to Six Flags was a big thing. But again, as personal growth, uh, you know, people always say you should go travel somewhere outside of Texas. It's not really traveling if you're having to drive an hour or two away. And I, I don't think I really got to see the world until I was an adult. And I think. It shows in the way I make my travels and about my dreams. Because you see that right there. Avoid of, you know, you want to see other things besides just Houston or going to Galveston was considered a vacation. That thing kind of follows you. In the moment, you don't really see it as a void of money. You don't see it a void of growth. You don't see it as a void of going beyond what you're used to. And so I, I circle back to growing up, money wasn't really a big issue because you didn't have enough money to make it an issue or to make it something big. You just saw money as a necessity. Mm. I, I, that's why I want to keep circling back to. Okay, okay. That's good. Um, so I'll jump to the next part. Do you think that money can make anyone happier, someone happier? I want to say yes to that. I think that sometimes money kind of enhances who you were to begin with. I think money always, if you're somebody who likes sports, if you're like somebody who likes novelties, entertainments, I think that gives you the the power to continue going and furthering those interests and those hobbies. I, I don't think that it so much brings you happiness, but I think it gives you things to get yourself distracted or to delve yourself into 
into those interests. I don't really think it changes your personality or who you were at at the core. I think it's a distraction, but it sure would be nice to kind of have money to to be so wealthy that you're like, I don't have to worry about those things or I don't have to think about how am I going to get my money the next time rent comes or I don't have to worry about money for insurance or for medical insurance or for I want these things for my children or for my wife or for my husband. But at the end of the day, I, I truly believe that money doesn't really change who you are at the core. It might make you an uglier person. Uh, you might use that money for good. But I think whoever you were inside just gets enhanced. I totally agree with that part. Yeah, about money definitely enhances who you were. Mm -hmm. It shows what, who you always been. You know, it doesn't really change. It just brings out more of the core of you. And I don't believe that money makes you happier either. I think it definitely can provide resources, things that you can do, take care of. Um, for me, I just want to travel the world. I want to see so many parts of the world and do many things and just sit back, relax, don't have to hustle as much so I can spend time with more friends and family. And unfortunately, I do know someone that actually... I know some people that actually think that, yeah, money is everything. Money can, money is like all this, you know, it can make you feel good, it can bring you friends. Like, no, it doesn't. That's, that's all superficial. I mean, it would be nice to have those things. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say if someone offered me a million dollars. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm just going to be a virtuoso person and keep it to myself. I'll be like, please, please give it to me. I would take it in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> I mean, I might get in trouble with the stuff I might use that money with, but no, I wouldn't turn it down. I think it's just that selfish need of want, wanting stuff. I think anybody, whether if you see yourself as a good moral or bad moral person, you, you'll take that money in a heartbeat. I don't, I don't want to misdirect someone by saying, oh God, no, I'd rather be at peace being poor. No, I'd rather be rich in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to mention, I remember um, with just commercials or just TV shows, they all, they always had this old celebrities like, oh, they're this rich, they, they have these houses, they can buy these products, they have these cars and this and that. And I'm glad I didn't take it to hardware, like I got to have that to feel good because, you know, it was everywhere, especially growing up, um, all the TV, you know, like... This is what they can do with their money. And because some people might take it like, oh, you know, I got to have that to, to be this or this. And I mean, we see, we see the magazines like they want to cap um, and show that you got to have this to be here. And well, one of the great ways to show my age <laughs> to follow up that comment is we had something called MTV Cribs. And you'd see these cool rock stars or entertainers show off their lavish homes with big refrigerators with unlimited food. And notice I say food because, like I said, if we were just living week to week or day by day, you're like, how can he have so much food in his refrigerator? He's probably not going to finish that. But you saw the basketball courts and... 
you know, I remember being like, that's badass. I want to, you know, of course I want to live in that house instead of this measly apartment I grew up in. But just to show my current age, you see that kind of stuff on HGTV, where you have the person who works as a part-time teacher in a full-time lawnmower guy, you know, how can they afford these houses and you're like, oh my God, I would like to live there. Now as an adult, I'm like, I don't want to mow that lawn. That's a big lawn, you know? And so, yeah, it it, it would be nice to have those big houses. But I think when when you already have a built-in perspective on money or lack of money, It it will drive you, I think, either one or two ways. I think it makes you either modest about what you do have and you're okay living without those extra or special bells and whistles. Or you become, I think, a bit narcissistic and you're like, well, when I get money, I'm going to have the biggest houses. I'm going to have the biggest, the nicest cars. I'm going to give my kids this, 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 something I never had. And I think, I don't think it has to be either or those things. I I think you can try to find a nice middle ground. But whoever's listening, if you ever want to donate to me, (laughs) I won't deny you sending me money, by the way. So, (laughs) I can see Zeandre right now just like, God, I wish you hadn't said that. (laughs) But, you know, we we can go on to my own personal money issues later. That'll be like a part seven out of ten. <laughs> He's kidding. <laughs> I'll have my Cash App link below wherever <laughs> he drops this at. Um, but yeah, um, I have a friend in Pakistan, and you know he's poor. I'm not gonna lie he uh, he lives in a family with at least eleven, thirteen people in a shack. Half the year they have no electricity. Um, that I don't think they have a refrigerator. But he's one of the most happiest persons I've ever met. And of course, we see a lot of people in countries where they don't even have clean water, but they're so happy because that's what they grew up knowing, what they don't have. But they have a loving family, a loving, a loving um, community around them. So that proves that yeah, money doesn't. That's to say, create happiness. It just gives you things that you may need or want. But, um, you know, I think the core of finding happiness anyway, or having happiness, is just what's inside of you, what's around you, and just you gotta be happy with yourself. And you can't have try to find things or have things to make yourself happy. I, w- I would want to advocate and on the part of money. Fiscal responsibility. It, it's something that I think I, I would want to say something I was never taught and something I struggle with to this day. And I, whether you have two children or 12 children, you know, I, I think I came up where in a background where Hispanic people, or I would say in my Hispanic community, people were having babies like rabbits. There was like sprouting them up like nobody's business. And then it became, well, yeah, that's good to have a big family. Everybody wants to play with each other. Everyone wants a playmate or 
Everyone likes to have, you know, the kids running around the house, but fiscally responsible, that, that's a lot of kids to pay for. And I think, you know, I, I grew up in a big family, you know, I, I don't want to single anybody out or single out uh, a community or a culture or anybody's personal preference. preference. I would want to speak on my own and what I experienced of saying fiscal responsibility to me is now that I'm an adult, I wouldn't want to have a big family. I saw what having a big family did to my family. You know, I think having one or two kids right now is just like in and itself very expensive. We have daycare. We have they, the kids want toys. The kids want to do this. We got to take the kids to the movies. And all I see right now is dollar signs whenever I hear that. And so I think part of me now as an adult is we have to limit that. I have to limit that because I don't want to, I don't want my kids to grow up in a situation where there was too many kids, too many mouths to feed, too many, well, we'll get the lesser menu items. We'll get you know, we'll have to share these plates together. And I think that's something where I took away, where I can tell you, oh, well, money wasn't really a big issue. But I think in an indirect way, that did affect me because, you know, I don't want to ever be in a situation where I tell you, well, now my kids are going to have the best clothes, they're going to have the best this, they're going to have the best that. To me, I don't think brands ever mattered and it still doesn't matter to me. But I also don't want to put my kids in a situation where they have to choose between a brand name or a non-name brand or sharing plates for the sake of saving money, but giving them the experiences that they that I didn't have. And by experiences, I mean being able to travel, being able to go to the amusement park, being able to give them swimming classes. That extra money that I would have been spending on four, five, six kids is now going to the experiences I never had. Just recently, I did have my kids go to swimming classes. I didn't grow up in swimming classes. I think, you know, just like you were, maybe we were just thrown into the pool. And if you were tall enough, that counted as quote unquote swimming. You know, like standing around the pool does not count as swimming, you know. And now my kids do are able to have those things. And I laugh about it now because I was like, there's no way my mom ever would have splurged on four kids having swim classes just for the sake of saying you have swim classes. And I think that that goes back to that fiscal responsibility, whether it's how many kids you have and what you do with that money. I think not providing them with the best toys, but providing them with the best experiences for growth. And I cannot say that enough the, the, for their personal experience, not just for the brand, but money to give them the access to the tools I didn't have, where I see now as an adult, I didn't have. And now that I struggle with them as an adult, I can look back and be like, I don't want my kids to know how it is to fly on an airplane until they're 25, like me. I never stepped on an airplane. I never got to feel scared about turbulence till I was an adult, and I was horrified as an adult. I was like, oh my God, I'm scared of an airplane. I've never done this. I've never been able to travel. And I don't want to rob my kids of that chance neither. 
not so much of the sake of they don't get to travel, but the experience of travel as an adult where they'll get to decide if that's something that they want to do, go on airplanes, go on a train, go through all these different modes of transportation. All I ever knew was you can take the car or you can go on the Greyhound bus. <laughs> and none of us wants to ever go back on the Greyhound bus. You know, and I think DeAndre's look on his face right now was like, yes, none of us ever really want to go on the Greyhound bus downtown. And everybody who's listening, if you know what that means, oh God. Oof. Daylight, nighttime, you never want to be ever in that area for no reason. Not downtown Houston. <laughs> By Greyhound, no. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to step into the third part of this episode, the last part, and that's some celebrities who were, and one is that's still alive, that are successful, had the money, but they obviously had mental health issues. Um, the first person we're going to talk about is Kate Spade. Um, Kate Spade, she died in 2018, and... I remember, I believe I was at work um, in the office when I found out that Kate Spade had um, died and found out that she killed herself. Um, I was shocked because I didn't, I didn't know much about her personally. I knew of her brand. I actually have a um, little teacup I found made by Kate Spade that I found and um, so to hear that she killed herself, like, wow, like, I remember me and my whole office um, staff, co-workers, we were all shocked. and like, dang, and because they revealed that she was going through depression, anxiety, and she was going through therapy um, for a long time. And, you know, I mean, when she killed herself, she left a note to her daughter. And um, but she was really going through some heavy things. So, Emmanuel, what did you think about that when you heard about Kate Spade? I, I, you know, I'm not, I wasn't really that well into Kate Spade merchandise. I had heard of her, her brand, quote unquote. I think it just, it's a reflection of where we are today as a society, mm-hmm. where you hear about whether they're celebrities or actors or musicians mm-hmm. that, you know, that they passed away or they killed themselves. And right. you, you, the first instinct is, but why? You had everything you could ever want at your hands. You had a nice family. You had, well, I take that back. You had a family. You had cars. You had houses. You had the clothes. You didn't really have to worry about bills or anything like that. Right. But uh, I, I, I find that hard sometimes to believe that people... Rich people would take take that decision. Mm-hmm. Right. I also think that it goes back to your original question of money and your virtues and your experiences and your principles. If you grew up not having those things instilled in you, if you didn't have grown-ups or responsible role models to instill that in you, I don't think money can fix that. I don't think money will supplement 
you being able to have a strong will or a strong personality to reach out for help or the tools to help you get out of those situations or that depression or mental awareness that other people find themselves on a daily basis, whether you have a dollar in your account or a hundred million dollars in your account. It goes back to what, it goes back to principles and values. Absolutely, yes, yes. Um, one of the saddest deaths was to me Robin Williams, because genius, a great actor, comedian, singer, and but I was I wasn't surprised that unfortunately about his death because I I kind of figured he was a sad person because I always heard the most funniest people are going through the most darkest things and etc. And he was always cracking jokes, making people laugh, and he was great doing that. But he, of course, it was a tragedy that um, he took his own his own life, and I believe he was going through um, he had a, he was an alcoholic as well. So. Um, do you remember when you, where you were when you found out about Robert Williams' death? Actually, that one did kind of hit me pretty um, hard at the time, because there was one somebody I didn't, well, somebody I was aware of, mm-hmm. and you would think, wow, this guy's always laughing, this guy's always smiling. How can he just kill himself? He has kids, mm-hmm. and you, you're like, if that could happen to him, that could happen to me. You know, that could happen to somebody you know. I think when you're when you're aware of those kind of issues that people have, it kind of brings that to the national forefront of mental awareness that it can hurt anybody, no matter how much money you have in your bank account. And I think the overlying theme about money... I would say isn't so much about how money can keep you out of depression or money will put you in depression, but it's what can you do with that money or what do you do with the lack of money? And it boils back down to who you are as a person. Again, right? you have to, and if anybody, whoever's listening, whether you have kids, a spouse, a friend, that you use that time effectively with people and you make that experience with each other worth it by reaching out, by bringing somebody back up, by telling somebody, hey, come hang out with me. Or somebody who you haven't heard in, from in a long time and be like, hey, I was just thinking about you. What are you up to? Or let's go do this, let's go do that. It comes back down to the societal principles and values and attributes as a person and what you want to instill in future generations in yourself and those around you. I want to have a good rapport with you, Ziandre. And like I said, I like to be very honest about things and not honest to where it's self-serving to myself, where I criticize you or I criticize those around me. But I want to have an open relationship where I'm being honest about about what my thoughts and feelings are about myself and what I see around. It's not about, well, I think, Siandre, you should be doing this or you should be doing that because I don't think that's really honesty with somebody. I think that's just more of a self-serving thing about you're putting somebody down unless you're trying to help somebody, obviously. Yeah. Money, I think, 
can, can influence you just like if you put a gun in somebody's hand. You can be a responsible gun owner or you can be irresponsible or you can give somebody the, the best guitar in the world but if you don't know how to play it, if you haven't practiced, if you haven't done well with the opportunity to having this amazing guitar or the newest PlayStation, it, it boils back down to who you are and what you have done with it and how those experiences have shaped you as a person and what you do with that. And I think money now to me, I struggle with money as an adult. I buy what I want. I buy things that maybe not may not be the best things in the world. And I'm lucky enough to have a wife who grew up with learning about finances, who had parents who knew how to save their money or they knew how to put money into savings accounts or CDs or things that they could use for a later date or to be able to save up for a trip. Whereas me, if I had $200 right now, I'd probably waste it right now. And then I'm always wondering, well, why can't I ever go out like so-and-so? Or why can't I travel? Like, well, maybe if I use that money to save up for a travel instead of say, splurging on it the moment I have it, I would be able to do those things. And I think me as an adult who didn't have money, didn't have access to that money, and didn't have the freedom of what to do with that excess of money, unlike my parent who just used it exclusively for you need to buy food because if I don't buy food, you guys don't have nothing to eat. It was never about, are we going to choose McDonald's or Burger King? It was like, no, we only have money for whatever they are selling at the grocery store. Yeah. And now that me as an adult who has that excess of money, I make that freedom of choice of, well, I want to splurge on a good fancy hamburger or Burger King or Taco Bell. And instead of sometimes saving that money, I'm like, I relish in the choice uh, where I can pick where I want. Yeah. But also in that same statement, you know, there's a parallel of, well, Emmanuel, you don't have to always buy the nicest hamburger. It's nice that you have a choice, but now are you using that choice financially responsible? And I think that's something I'm growing to learn and something I struggle with because I'm just like, I didn't have that choice and nobody's going to take that choice away from me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to get there, not just for myself, but to be also a role model for my children and to advocate to my friends and my family members that you have to be smart with your money. It's okay to use it sometimes to splurge on some things, but also to save for the future for maybe a dental emergency, which now I would have been like, yeah, right. You know what? Let's go to the most, let's say, unsavory places to go get your tooth pulled. You know, they always ask you at the dentist, like, do you want it pulled or do you want to have your teeth filled in? You know, you're like, just pull it for the sake of pulling it because that's the, that's the cheapest option. Now me as an adult, I'm like, ah, uh, pull it. You know, and my wife is like, no, you know, we can still save that too. 
But again, that just shows you when you don't really have those options growing up, that, that does affect who you are today. Because I think my first instinct is, well, I have the money, so I'm going to get it right away. But also it's a reflection of not having money at the same time. And I think there's, um, there's a lot to learn from those examples, a lot to learn from, to gleam from my responses, I think. If someone's really looking back at, about my responses, that there's, I think there's a lot to uncover there about, I think I would say not so much about money, but about growing up poor and your relationship with money. I think that's, I think that's sad for me to also talk about and to hear about and to reflect, but at the same time, I'm kind of happy that I'm not in that situation anymore, that I made choices for myself and for my family to, to try to get myself out of there and to continue to struggle with those choices, but to also know that there is a better choice out there. And I, I think that, I think it's a humbling experience to be able to have this time in this moment where I'm sitting next to you, Andre, and to talk about money. Yeah. I think that in itself is, it's a very humbling moment in my life that I would have the freedom and time of day to even speak about money. And I think I cherish those moments. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last person I want to talk about is, you know, she's been all over the news. She's a major superstar. That's Britney Spears. Um, growing up, I didn't really listen to Britney Spears, but I knew how much of a big pop icon she was. She was always on TV and the videos and this and that. But then when I saw that she was going through her child custody battle years ago and then she shaved her head and they took her out of her mansion, um, I just I just wanted to hug her. I felt so bad. I, I knew the paparazzi was always following her. That's one thing. And... That itself would drive me crazy. I'm like imagining you're going through issues anyway with mental health. And as I found out later, she has she's bipolar. Imagining going through that and you she'll she'll go to Starbucks carrying her baby and just cameras following her around constantly. She can't breathe. They're all in her face. And and um, you know, she went through all that and then what she's going through now, this court battle, trying to get her life, literally her ba- her life back, because it's her dad and whoever else is, has control over her money, her life. They, I, I've heard that she can't even go to the doctor appointment without letting her father know, whoever, that's over her finances and everything. So seeing what Britney Spears has gone through and what she's going through now, what do you think about that? I would say there that's a colossal I'm trying to use the right words here that won't get me censored but there's a lot of failures and shame on society shame on the legal system on failing Britney I don't understand how a grown adult can can be watched over or have her censured in that kind of way in 2021 where uh, her father or a male is telling her whether or whether or not she could get pregnant or not being aware of 
that there are laws or jurisdiction over something like that, over a person who, whether you have a mental illness or whatever you want to call it, then in 2021, that kind of thing exists. And I think that's way above my pay grade to understand how that even became a thing to begin with or that there was no check and balances to make sure it... Because I, I think we're just only hearing the, the, the tip of the iceberg of whatever's happening over there. And I feel bad for her. I think, you know, someone who grew up as a kid, uh, she was in the Mickey Mouse clubhouse um, dance troupe or whatever. And someone who was always in the limelight to where she is now, where she can't have the freedom of being able to speak her mind without someone overseeing her. I, I, I think it's sad. I, I think it's, um, I think that's an abuse. And I think at, at the root of it, I'm going to assume it is money. I think when somebody has been controlling her for her money and what she has done, you know, I think that's awful. I think um, being able to dictate over someone, whether you think they have depression, anxiety, or whatever's going on, I think there's a red line commentary to be said about her instance. And I think I think there will be a lot more that's said or that's revealed about her case. But I think that's unfortunate. And I understand how she got there in the first place. I guess remember I remember about her shaving her head or whatever. And whether at the time, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I, I think it'd be unfair to say that she was having a, a, a mental breakdown. You know, I think maybe she was just trying to get away from having somebody snap her picture two inches from her face. She has a right to do that. But I think the world has changed since that moment to where we are today, where mental awareness is everywhere. You see it in celebrity magazines. You see it in commercials. You see your athletes. You see your your spouses. You see your friends talk about mental health all the time. I mean, I don't think that that was something that was around when she was around shaving her head or flipping off people. Like, who gives a shit about what she does? That's her own free time. And now, you know, that's commonplace. You know, she was making a statement. And I, <laughs> you know, I, I just feel sad. It's disgusting to hear what's happening to her or what has been happening to her because she wasn't given the choice how to express herself. And I think it was much more than just her having a breakdown. I think the closest around her took advantage of, of her and they took advantage of the stigma at the time of mental health issues. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I love seeing these celebrities. I mean, like Amanda was saying, there's athletes and actors and singers that's really coming out saying they dealt with they. I remember Oprah was saying she had a little depression here and there before, and I was, sh- I was surprised. I had no idea. Um, Mariah Carey, um, Demi, Demi um, Lovato, thank you, and who's been very honest about her addictions and her mental illness, and I'm so proud of her for coming out doing that because many people follow, you know, we we know a lot of young people follow these artists and actors and all, they see them as idols, so it's good that they represent 
their truth and talk about their truth because people need to hear that, that it's not all glitz and gold and glitter. So, um, yeah, I didn't see that much growing up um, either. And so um, that concludes this episode. Like, it's an that concludes this episode. But I want to say for anyone that's going through depression or suicide thoughts, please, there's so many groups, so many um, resources out there that you can call and talk to someone. And for those, I mean, because some of us don't have friends that I've been fortunate to have, like someone I can manage to talk to about anything and vice versa. But there are many groups I've seen on Facebook. And um, like I said, there's numbers to talk to someone because no one doesn't need to go through this alone, whatever you're going through, um, whatever mental illness you may be going through or thoughts. But um, this episode is important to me because, like I said, success or money does not get rid of your problems. It can, it, matter of fact, it even enhance the problem. Um, it doesn't go away. Like, I, that's, all, that's all I mentioned to certain people. You got to fix the problem within or try to seek help. So I want to say thanks again to Amanda for doing this episode. I want to say thank you again for giving me the opportunity to speak to you and to lean on what you said about mental health. So much about you reaching out to somebody for calling a number for help or telling somebody. I would say if you're on the opposite spectrum of, well, it might not be you or you might not be dealing with mental issues. Be a good person, be a good friend, be a good family member, just be a good person, and reach out to people you haven't heard from. Reach out to your loved ones and just simply ask them, are you okay? Sorry. All right, everyone, thanks again for tuning in to The True Core with DeAndre. Please go to the website, thetruecore.net, where you can email me, contact me with any questions or comments. Everyone, take care. Bye-bye.